My name is Megan. And my name is Ari. And this, this is, is Unapologetically, Unapologetically Girl. Girl. We have come together to bring information to live the healthiest lifestyle and bring relevant information into your life. We are not doctors and always suggest discussing health content with your doctor before deciding if these lifestyle changes are beneficial to you. Information gathered comes from our personal experience, online articles, and relevant books. I have a background in marketing and a passion for personal development. I personally have a background in social work, and thus my perspective will come from the mental health challenges I have witnessed in myself and others. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. have been seeing this guy probably for a month now but um he it's kind of a long distance thing so I was talking to him on the phone today and I have a two-year-old daughter and she comes in and she's like mommy poopy mommy poopy (laughs) and I was like oh no and he the guy goes um do you need me to go and I was like uh yeah I was like Damn you, iPhones, for being so clear. <laughs> the joys of being a everything. mom, having your kid come in and say something embarrassing, and you're like, dang it. Dang it. <laughs> like, you're, like, having this, like, cute conversation with this guy you like. And then you're like, um, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> gotta go fix some, wipe some butts. <laughs> Excuse me while I wipe a butt. Please don't think of <laughs> think anything less of me. Or have that unattractive picture pop into your head. I know, that's horrible. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about social media and its effect specifically on women. So I wanted to ask you, Ariana, um, how often do you use social media and what social media do you use? So I have recently really upped my social media game. For whatever reason. Um, I think part of it is because I have been dating this um, guy. like, um, And so I've just been on my phone more. Texting. And every time I get on my phone, what do I click on? Instagram. That's, oh, the, the good old IG. Yeah. That's that's the um, my weakness. I don't have Facebook. I don't have TikTok. I despise TikTok. <laughs> Um, but yet I get yeah. on Instagram and scroll through reels. So do I really Oh, you're a real TikTok? girl. Oh, I am. <laughs> I full fledged and a real girl. It's horrible. So <laughs> I used to be on social media all the time. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat were my thing. I don't know. I just like, I never had the appeal to Facebook. Maybe it's like an older generational pull or maybe I'm just weird, but I always loved Instagram, always loved Snapchat. And then I got a job in social media. I had to post all the time for this company and posting all the time made me not want to be on the app when I was at home like my personal app yeah so I barely use social media I've kind of gone back into Instagram lately um I also kind of stopped using it during the pandemic because I don't know there was points where I just felt like kind of like negative after being on the app and I wanted to be aware of that and I realized that I was not always feeling a positive connection and so, yeah, I just, like, took some time away, and now I only use it if I want to check in on someone or see how my friend's doing or 
like me for work so <laughs> yeah I like every few days I'll be like did Ariana DM me <laughs> I know I'm always so. sending you some random thing but no yeah I also I'm very uncomfortable with how much personal information is shared online I used to not care at all I used to have all of my stat like information open to everyone and it wasn't until maybe a year or two ago I got like some really creepy messages and I was like probably shouldn't have my information out there so Shut that down. Now, if you, like, look at my Facebook, it's, like, private, 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 private. private yeah. I mean, a list of information because I'm, like, oh. F no. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, it's good and it's bad. I've loved it. I've hated it. I've learned a lot of things on social media. Oh, yeah. It's great for that. Like, the information. It, I don't watch news because where do I go? Social media. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, you know, TikTok. I think I had TikTok for about um, a week. And... And my feed was just hilarious animal videos and that like I loved it. And I would just like burst out laughing and uh my boyfriend would be like, You are just like laughing so much, nothing can be this funny. And I was like, You have to watch this and it and it got to a point where he was like, You're annoying me. Stop telling me to look at your phone every two minutes because you have to show me a new video. <laughs> and then he there's a whole like China conspiracy with him like collecting our data and so oh, I yeah. it. I have no idea if that's like fully substantiated or whatever, but I deleted it at that point and now <laughs> I only use it for work again. And I feel like that old, like I'm 25. I sometimes feel like I'm old, like too old to understand the app. And I have to ask my coworker who's like in her 30s, um, so how do you post a TikTok? <laughs> like Honestly. I'm like, what is this new technology? And I, I've never been in that position before. And I'm like, am I aging myself by not using it? I don't know. Honestly, though, mm. like. I am a current middle school counselor, and I will say TikTok has brought nothing but bad things into the middle school. Nothing but bad. I can definitely see that. Just just going to leave it at that. I'm sure <laughs> I can everyone... see that so much with just kids being influenced. And then oh, you're yeah. being like, okay, you cannot believe what you see on TikTok. Please stop trying these random challenges, please. <laughs> please, like, please stop vandalizing the school. The school is poor. <laughs> People want to use soap when they wash their hands. We are in a <laughs> pandemic still. Like what? Stop fucking with the this? soap dispensers. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a horrible ordeal. And like not only that, but um like on a on a more solemn note, like kids will post like like threats and stuff online now or like there's the challenge of, you know, posting threats or bullying. You know, there's been no, that's so horrible. And I mean, like that's been happening since I mean, even when we were in oh yeah, high school and junior high. And it's just so frustrating me because I have never left a mean comment on social media. Never. And <laughs> even if I thought it or I said it out loud, I've never once commented something negative. And I wonder if maybe it's a new part of culture for younger people, or if there's just a certain type of person who think that it's okay. Like, who thinks it's okay to malign people and bully people online? Who acts that way? Like, is it a cultural change that's happening? Or is it just the mean comments we see are the personality types and those, like, that specific subcategory of people who actually behave that way online? See, and that's such an interesting thought because I wonder, too, how many of those people are like able to show their true colors online and are putting up a fake facade and so then it makes you wonder like what are people really thinking 
Um, you're like, well, so-and-so think I'm cool if I chime in and bully this person that they are. Yeah. You know? Or, like, is it, like, a social pressure to be that way online? Or, I mean, I don't know. This is, like, so new territory. I mean, uh, Snapchat came out when we were in high school. I know. know that's crazy. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, like, what do I say? It's a picture. At first, you know, it's, like, it was a weird Vine concept to think about. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just sending you pictures. So like, what do I say? How do I have a conversation via picture? You know? And then after, like, a week, it was, like, flow. Like, it was yeah, easy. It was that's just what you did. And now it's, like, you have <laughs> to like- take a picture every day and have, like, the, <laughs> um, what do they call those now? You know what I mean. You I have don't to have, like, what are you- the fire emoji next to him. You have to have, like, the, the, I'm obviously old. <laughs> I really am. You're 25 and you're old. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, streaks. That's the word. <laughs> oh, streaks with a streak with someone. Another thing that I feel ages me in the social media world is I feel like because I don't use Snapchat as much anymore or other social media, I've forgotten how to take a selfie. Oh, 100%. And how I used to like, because like I used to have this angle with my phone. Yep. And I would always be able to make my face look a certain way and love it and be like, yeah. boom, click, snap, go. And then now I'm like, why does my face look weird? Wait, how did I used to do this? How did I how did I hold my face before? Like I forgot how to like smile in a selfie or something. <laughs> because I'm not always looking at my own smile when I'm looking at it. it <laughs> so now weird. when I look at it in a camera, I'm like, is this how I smile? Like, I don't know. I feel like a like a four year old who is learning how to smile for the first time and it looks funny. Oh, I'm a hundred there a hundred percent there with you. Like being a mom, I like didn't take pictures of myself for like two years and now I'm like <laughs> supposed to take pictures of myself what you're getting back in the social media game and you're like how did I used to do this when I was yeah. young and hip and I don't know I mean it's like we're like joking around we're all making you feel young but like that's it is weird I like you know it's like such a like lifestyle change to not use social media as much and to even just like a conversational change too like oh yeah communicate via those like mediums so I had an experience last year where I deleted my social media. Well, I deleted Instagram, which encompasses what I actually use as social media. And it was funny how much free time I had. Uh, (laughs) And you don't think that you're on your phone that much, but like, I just like that compulse to like look and check my phone after about a week of not having it it was like it slowly diminished and it was fine and people would sometimes like I don't think I ever got asked like if I was on social media but I didn't feel like I missed out on anything (laughs) no yeah I mean I stopped because yeah my job was like so focused on social media when I got home it was just like it was the last thing on the mind like my the last thing I wanted to check into check updates on because I just like saw it for eight hours a day and then I would have friends who would kind of sometimes say like weird comments like oh that's right you don't you're not really on social media anymore right or oh hey like you didn't know that I got engaged I posted it to social media and I was like <laughs> is that your way of telling people like should I be like, using my social media to keep up to like to keep up to date with my friends instead of you telling me personally like big life changes you know, and then it was like, it was a negative thing. It was like, oh, that's right. You're not really on social media. And it was like, there's something bad about not really being on social media. It's like just using the apps less and 
trying to not be because you know I used to be one of those people who's anytime I had downtime I was waiting in a line I um was on my break at work even like during classes when I had college classes I would be on Instagram scrolling 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 on Snapchat it's you know it just took up all of those gaps of time and you know once you like stop using it you're just like do I just like look around at people in nature what is it like to not look down at my phone like it's it's a weird change I, For sure. I have a really bad staring problem and so if I'm not staring at my phone <laughs> I'm staring at somebody and I think that it creeps them out <laughs> so they're like why is this girl staring at me yeah. and you're like sorry I'm used I'm, I'm trying to break this habit of staring at my phone yeah, at least so. you thought their face was interesting enough to look at for that I know, long right <laughs> amount of time it's kind of a compliment <laughs> they should feel flattered they should what is it oh imitation is the sincerest form of flattery maybe now it's staring is the sincerest form of flattery there it's not creepy i just admire your face okay so to get into today's episode we want to talk about the whistleblower francis hagen um and the information that she brought up about facebook the data that she pulled which kind of really shed a huge light on the destruction of social media and specifically on women she was a product manager at facebook she worked in the sector of civic integrity issues and before leaving the company she took thousands of pages of internal facebook research and this research showed that the company knew it had toxic issues with the app and didn't do anything to counteract those issues which led to misinformation harm to its users and specifically young women so during this time zuckerberg released a thousand word statement which why so many words unless you didn't want people to really read it (laughs) i just i kind of like that yeah, a thousand words is a lot <laughs> about Instagram and Facebook. And during that time, Instagram and Facebook were also down. I think for about twenty-four to a little bit over that hours before this Congress meeting. And then specifically, a few important points for this one thousand word statement. A quote from Zuckerberg. Did I say Zuckerberg? <laughs> Zuckerberg. He said in part that. Instead of ignoring that young people use technology, tech companies should build experiences that meet their needs while also keeping them safe. He also said that he believed the testimony overall created a false picture of the company, and he echoed the need for Congress to take action. But he also said that if Facebook is committed to doing the best work that they can, and that at some level, the right body to assess trade-offs between social equities is the democratically elected Congress. So essentially saying, if they choose, there should be regulations and certain things in place to keep users safe, especially those underage, which I feel like should just already be a given. Another thing Hagen said, who, again, was the whistleblower that I thought was, I, I don't know, I feel like she's got a good head on her shoulders. This is how I'd repro- approach the situation as well, was that she said, we can have social media we enjoy that connects us, without tearing apart our democracy, putting our children in danger, and sowing ethnic violence across the world. We can do better. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. So to paint a better picture of social media and the effects it can have, here are a few statistics. Hagen has leaked one Facebook study that found that 13.5% of UK teen girls in one survey said their suicidal thoughts became more frequent after starting Instagram. Another study found that 17% of teen girls said their eating disorders got worse after using Instagram. An example of this is by searching hashtags about eating disorders, eating healthy, Instagram, 
would push posts into the Discover feed about eating disorder accounts because negative content tends to get viewed more. Another one is 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. And I know I felt this specifically, especially because I have competed in a few like bodybuilding shows and when my feed was all focused on that, you know, that's like all I was doing with my life. But when I kind of went back to regular life, I found myself feeling these like negative emotions after viewing some of these posts. You know, I mean, that lifestyle is only healthy short term just to get on stage to compete and then afterwards you know you go back to a regular lifestyle of regular calories and regular food so yeah I found myself you know just really having a negative experience with Instagram and social media and that's kind of like when I took my first social media break was just I was realizing that it was really not making me feel good after I got off the app so I really feel for this statistic because I'm not a teen girl but I have felt that hard and then one last thing I want to bring up is that Senator Marsha Blackburn Accused Facebook of intentionally targeting children under the age of 13 with an addictive product, despite the app requiring users to be 13 years or older. All this put together really helps show that Facebook, who also owns Instagram, knew that their apps were addictive and toxic, especially when it comes to women and especially women who are underage and younger and did nothing to fix that issue. And Hagen the Whistleblower said something really interesting. And I quote, Facebook exploited teens using powerful algorithms that amplified their insecurities. I hope we will discuss as to whether there is such a thing as a safe algorithm. And interestingly enough, even though our country seems to be constantly divided between Democrats and Republicans and every other issue, this is one of the first issues, at least recently, in which both parties were united on regulating Facebook and realizing that this is an issue that we need to really nail down and discuss. I 100% agree. Honestly, from my experience as not only a middle school counselor, but also, um, you know, I once was a teen girl, um, that social media has such an effect on our feelings towards our self-worth um specifically you know i have been one of those people that have struggled with um, my outward appearance and i still find myself comparing myself to other people that i follow and i actually have unfollowed many people because i'm like okay i recognize that this is unhealthy the way i'm comparing them so i need to discontinue um which I think is awesome to be able to be at that place where I'm like okay I know that I don't have to follow this person like I can yeah I think it's really important to think about you know as you're mindlessly scrolling through all these feeds how are you actually feeling yeah you know it took me maybe a few years to realize I don't think that I feel better after I do these things well and the struggle with this is that young girls specifically um, from the middle school perspective, they do not have that self-awareness. And the people that they're following a lot of times are people at their school that they supposedly know. And so now they're comparing themselves to people they do know 
they, they go to school with um, and they feel like they have to be friends with on social media um, and they don't know how to, you know, appropriately unfollow them without like backlash or really understand that when they're scrolling through their feed that they start feeling it a certain way because they don't have that ability yet they have very little self-awareness yeah and like the fear of facing social backlash if one of your friends notices that you stopped following someone or ask you like oh did you see this post and you're like no I didn't I don't follow them and then getting that like negative response back yeah I even wonder if there's like a bit of FOMO also oh yeah unfollowing and then worrying that you might miss something and then therefore you keep following even though it seems it gives you a negative experience when you do it yeah yeah. it's definitely a different world I mean we had social media when we were in high school but I feel like it's such a bigger issue now and not just for younger people older people too yeah Um, you know but it can be yeah (laughs) it's like the good the bad and the ugly of social media (laughs) yeah As we go into this next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the mental health effects on women specifically, but also these can affect men and young men as well. Starting with this research study on the health, the Penn Medical Lancaster General Health um, website, but it's just titled The Effects of Social Media on Mental Health. One of the things that's so unique about social media is it plays on our need for connection. And especially during the pandemic, we were forced to stay inside a lot of us and to wear masks and um, protect others in that way, which was awesome, but also really diminished our ability to connect with one another. And I don't think that we have really realized the extent to which our connections towards each other have impacted um, through this COVID period of time. Yeah, so, it's been like so great to use social media to reconnect with those people that you haven't seen in a long time that you used to. It was such a social change to stop you know, going to parties or going to bigger groups of gatherings and seeing your friends or even smaller groups and I also think we feel like we're connected and we can check in we can text we can call but there is still that sense of loneliness that's come from only being able to interact in this one medium well and you know that has its own effect on top of any negative things that are happening while viewing these social platforms so it's definitely been really difficult to navigate and that's exactly the pandemic (laughs) that is exactly um what kind of social media plays on it's like okay it's really great to connect but are you really connecting one of the things um that this article specifically brings up and it says you may also experience disappointment when you compare your posts to other to those of other people um so you may post uh, hoping to receive a like or comments and then you don't get the feedback that you desire So then you start feeling disappointment or invalidated or man, you look at some people's Instagrams and they're like so photogenic, they're perfect, all of the pictures like correlate together. And what you don't know is that they know how to edit 
all of this <laughs> stuff and put together this and use this filter and create this life that seems like it's amazing and wonderful and perfect and from the movies. And meanwhile, reality is not that graceful no. or nice to us. It is not. It is not. And it's a, I think it's also important to remember that, you know, do you ever share bad stuff on social media? No. You only share the good. So it's really hard for that negative feeling to come to you when you're looking through your feed and you're like, all these good things are happening to these people and I had a really hard day. But it's like, it's not reality. It's not real life. It's not, that's not what people are posting. They're only posting their highlights. So it's good to like keep that mental check in order and be like, I have good highlights too. I didn't have one today, but this other person did and try to be happy. And what that does though is it creates a sense of anxiety because you are expecting something and then you're not getting it or you feel like you should look a certain way but you don't um or we talked a little bit earlier about the fear of missing out like major FOMO um especially during the pandemic I still saw people you know hanging out doing their thing and I'm like man that looks like fun why can't I be doing that um, yeah right <laughs> why, and, why can't I be being reckless just for the sake of fun because sometimes yeah you do go a little stir crazy well and like I was in school during that time and so it really affected like my schoolwork, my studying um because you know like you start feeling bad for not doing something else <laughs> that's fun <laughs> yeah um so some of the things that this study and this article brings up that are just some of the unhealthy things that can come a- come about from social media that you need to just be self-aware of is you know an increase in anxiety and depression or feelings of loneliness spending more time on social media rather than in person with friends and family comparing yourself with others or frequently feeling jealous um being trolled or cyber bullied online or being somebody who does those things um engaging in risky behaviors or outrageous photos to gain likes and comments so this is something that i see at the middle school a lot um the outrageous photos and you know the outrageous tiktoks and the challenges and stuff that's very inappropriate behavior um also noticing that your schoolwork and relationships are suffering or you're deprioritizing your self-care such as your exercise your sleep your the mindfulness um all of those things can come about when you are utilizing social media in a very unhealthy way which is hard to it's one of those things that you have to have that mindfulness first to understand how can you appropriately use social media in your life and then how can you um, discontinue using it in a negative light and I think to add something to the mindfulness part is that you know I mean, cyberbullying has always been something that was a very hot topic for me and made me really upset when I was younger. And I think there's a good perspective on it that I think sometimes people don't realize they're doing it or they don't realize that what they're saying online is as hurtful as it is because they're saying it online. So to add to the mindfulness list, maybe while you're using social media, is you might have fallen into this trap where you are being very negative and mean online and you just don't notice it. You don't think you're a mean person. You don't 
behave that way in personal conversations one-on-one when you talk to people in real life so maybe be mindful of are the things I'm saying online hurting someone and would I ever say this out loud I 100% agree those are all very important things to keep in mind and kind of going into some more of the research the child mind institute um they have done studies of over a half million eighth through 12th graders and found the number exhibiting high levels of depression symptoms increased by 33 percent between 2010 and 2015 smartphones were introduced in 2007 and by 2015 fully 92 percent of teens and young adults young adult owned a smartphone the rise in depressive symptoms correlates with the smartphone adoption during the period even when matched year by year which i think is so interesting that they brought this up because i could just i personally can see a steady increase and um the other counselor that i work with he has also seen a steady increase of anxiety and depression in our young adults and as phones have become more part of a classroom at school the schools have such a hard time um like being able to take phones away or managing those in the classroom because it's such a sore topic (laughs) with these students they feel so lost without their phones and so now the school even is becoming a really having a, a big fight that made me think of like the phantom phone vibrations you know where you're like yep. oh, i felt my phone go off nothing <laughs> happened how distracting that is it's kind of almost like you know um when smokers quit smoking but they still feel that need to make the action of like oh yeah holding a cigarette up to yeah. their mouth and pulling away it's like that but the majority of society has that with phones where they're if they don't have it for a certain amount of time you know you get that like oh did my phone go off or oh i feel i should be holding my phone in my hand or even if you don't realize that you just kind of feel uncomfortable i think it's really funny that like that's the new addiction is and i mean like phones are amazing i love mine i use mine all the time but you know you have to be mindful of these things otherwise i think you can really go down a rabbit hole and it's really hard to get back out it it really is so one of the things that we would like to share is just some pointers that we found to be helpful to help you or if you have any young adults in your house with healthy, positive social media use. Just as a reminder, we are not doctors and always suggest discussing health content with your doctor before deciding if these lifestyle changes are beneficial to you. So starting from the top, if you notice yourself comparing, then you need to unfollow. That is the one control aspect that you can do is unfollow. Yeah, and I think it's so easy to just, it, it's kind of like a sickness. The more you do it, the harder you are on yourself, and the more you do it after, even with other people or other accounts or other, you know, it, it's like a habit that your mind starts doing. Yeah. Well, and if we go back to the algorithms and how they target, when you're following like certain accounts, like if you're following a bunch of bodybuilders, for instance, you're going to get a bunch of ads and stuff targeted towards bodybuilding stuff. And it's just going to be nonstop. So it's un- important to unfollow those 
things and, you know, report, you know, certain ads if you're feeling uncomfortable because then that does help the algorithm change, be a little bit more positive and serve you a little bit better. Um, the next one that we have is limit usage by setting up usage settings on your phone or setting aside specific time. So I just recently jumped on the iPhone gang and <laughs> I know it's taken Yay, me I love, I love the iPhone gang. years, years. And I, this was actually one of the first things that I did and it was so easy. And I was like, why did I never do this before? But I did, I set up a limit usage because I noticed that Instagram has been like my, I turn on my phone and I start scrolling and I'm like, what the heck? I forgot what I was doing. So I put up a usage um, setting specifically for Instagram where it's like, okay, um, if I spend any more than 30 minutes on Instagram a day, it just kicks me right off, which is awesome. Because I don't want to spend more than 30 minutes on Instagram. I, there is nothing for me on Instagram like that I need to be spending. Your time so much better doing other things. <laughs> yeah, there's with, like the people that you care about really quickly. Scroll through your feed and maybe find an interesting like recipe or I don't know, whatever accounts you follow. And then, yeah, kick off. Exactly. Is that a phrase? Kick off. Kick off. <laughs> kick it off. Yeah. And then one of the, these ones are kind of, um, a little more based off of like your device specifically. So charge your phone away from the bed. A lot of times the first thing that you want to reach for in the morning is your phone. And if you charge it away from your bed, not only are you going to have to get up to turn off your alarm if you're like me and have your alarm on your phone, it gets you out of bed at the certain time that you want to be out of bed and you're not immediately knee jerk reaching for that phone and scrolling first thing in the morning. It's just kind of like a safeguard. And um, there's been studies, and I wish I had them all at the top of my head right now, but there's been studies that the waves from your phone can interrupt your sleep waves that – are taking place. Like the 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 light from your phone and like the way your brain perceives those can affect your sleep patterns. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like so like our sleep waves, like the REM stage of sleep, our phone, the microwaves can actually affect the quality of sleep that we get. Uh it's kind of an interesting thing. I'll I'll have that study posted. And then the next one is refrain from usage an hour before bedtime. This is something that I have been practicing and I turn I shut my phone off or put it away and I spend an hour reading instead and I notice that that is amazing. Much better sleep that way and feel less scattered. <laughs> So I read before bed too, and but the funny thing is I use my iPad to read, and I love reading on my iPad just because it's like so thin. I love it. It always keeps my spot. I don't know. I just really enjoy doing that. So now I'm kind of wondering, like, is that disrupting some of my sleep patterns? Because, you know, I haven't, like, I don't always sleep the best, <laughs> so maybe I need to switch over to hard copies. And But I love, I love reading that way. I don't want to stop, but I mean, when it comes to your health, maybe I should try it. Yeah, maybe. It- that's like the greatest thing about all of this is 
it's a trial and error. Like, see what works for you and have a little fun, like, a science experiment with it. Write down, you know, what you're noticing. And that's kind of goes with the last one. The last tip that we have is find your baseline. So this comes from an account on Instagram that I follow, which is really funny. Um, but it is like toddler TV time. And, <laughs> you know, being that I have a toddler, I am very concerned about, you know, her watching TV and just different things. And they talk about, you know, finding your toddler's baseline and like what their true behavior is without any social media or any type of devices. And I was like, you know what, I need to do that for myself because how long has it been where I've, you know, gone a full day without watching TV or looking at my screen on my phone or something like that. So the trick is to find your baseline. Where are you comfortable being at? Like how much TV is your sweet spot where you're not like, you know, stuck glued to your couch for forever and feeling lazy. So it's important to find that baseline for yourself. I think that's really interesting as well as that, you know, when we're young, we're so excited to grow up, so excited to have control of our life, so excited to not be told to do this or that or stop this or that, you know, from the parental perspective. And then, you know, we do the whole young adult thing. And then at some point you have to remember, you kind of have to parent yourself and you kind of have to check back in and say, you know, well, I can be on Instagram as much as I want to and I can watch whatever I want to watch on TV or consume whatever content is this content healthy for me and should I be viewing it as much as I am and then set those own parameters for yourself and kind of become your own parent like that's all it's part called of self-care <laughs> self-care <laughs> yeah. and as the the social worker in me has a final last little like bonus tip and that is Utilize mindfulness in your everyday life and you will be able to notice things like yourself comparing yourself to others and you'll be able to notice how you're feeling and where your baseline is a lot better because you'll be more in tune with how your body is feeling. Mindfulness is awesome and there's many resources online to find what mindfulness practice is beneficial for you. It just takes a couple minutes. You can do it while you're brushing your teeth. It's amazing. It's life-changing for sure. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed our first episode of Unapologetically Girl. All episode notes and research articles will be listed on our site, unapologeticallygirl.com, and we hope you come back and tune in for our next episode.